I'm just there vibes and having a good time and like, you know, there's like girls getting daggered here, there's big madness going over there. <laughs> it's, it's so mad and that just that massive mix of, of cultures and diversities really just allowed me at a really young age to not be so like narrow-minded and, and closed off because what I found was all us cultures are all the same. It's just a language that changes us. It just, I said, you know what? I just want to help people. I want to do physio. I met a blind guy um, who, who taught me a lot. Like, he trained me, so that was great. Like primal literally happened by mistake. And I was like, all right, cool, let's run with it. Got it done, incorporated, opened a business account, and literally, bro, it just snowballed. Some heart problems during that time because there's a lot of stress. I was doing like 120 hour work weeks. And obviously, because for me, it's all like being thrown in the deep end. Mm-hmm. Throw me in the deep end, and if I sink or swim, I sink or swim, that's it. Simple as. My guest today is a sports therapist and the founder. Firstly, let's address the reason why you thought I was going to cancel today. That's what I was <laughs> <laughs> I want to know why you thought I was going to cancel today. You want this at the beginning of the podcast? Yeah, this is the beginning of the podcast. We've started this, this is what's happened. It's, it's, it's flipped now. I, I was like, he hasn't messaged me. Like, oh, he's put someone show me in two days. Where's mine? Why did I get a countdown? Harvey got a countdown. Everyone else got a countdown. Why haven't I got a countdown? Bro, where's, where, where's my countdown? Oh, I thought you were going to cancel. I'm sitting in the overthinking, sweating at 11.30 at night. Oh, I thought you were going to cancel. Thanks. No, 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 no. So, okay, this is where context comes into it, okay? So you say, um, are we still good for tomorrow? And I'm thinking, oh, does that mean we're not good for tomorrow? The countdown is for when the podcast is releasing, in it? So that Harvey po- um, Harvey's podcast was releasing last week. So he got a countdown saying, on Sunday, this is when the podcast is coming out. Okay, okay. You know, yeah, that's you what it was. And trust me, I'm sweating. I was thinking, I don't want to blow this opportunity. I told you when we were texting as well, man. I was like, this is a big deal for me. I've been watching your content for like two, three years now. Oh, me wow. and my boys always send your stretches to each other. When we're going to the gym, we implement them. So for me, I, I wasn't going to cancel on this side. Trust me, I, I was eagerly awaiting. I was panicking. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, trust me. You know what I'm when, I, when I was like, oh, you gotta, when I read that, because I'm like dyslexic as well. So reading is not my strong point. So when I said that, I was like, bear in mind, I'm sweating right now. I'm like, oh my God, what's he going to ask me? What's he going to talk about? Oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm going to look good. What teacher am I going to wear? I'm going to like, bro, madness is going on. <laughs> oh, I thought you're going to count. What? But, okay, that's calm. That's calm. That's calm. That's calm. I'll let you introduce me properly now. That's calm. Yeah. Now. Okay. So my guest today is a sports therapist and the founder of Primal Therapy. He's the only person to have an introduction interrupted. <laughs> Welcome, Karan Singh. How are you doing, man? Hey, bro. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really pumped. I think literally we were speaking 20 minutes ago. I was like, bro, I need to get pumped. I need to get ready because... Wait, quick disclaimer. Quick disclaimer. I do waffle on sometimes. So if I'm waffling, just just be like, Karan, just stop. Um... <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Like, is, is that? I mean, I'm not going to be effing and blinding. Like, am I allowed to like, like the odd shit or the odd fuck? Can that come yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right, I cool. do it as well. I do it as well. 
Okay, cool. That's that's fucking great. That's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say the odd one here and there is fine, but in every sentence, maybe not. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be fine. Let's get started, bro. I'm I'm, I'm really excited for this. I mean, we've had some good conversations so far. It's been really interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Like, uh, we we spoke on the phone, and that makes me more excited um, to do this because I know sort of the the vibe that I'm gonna be getting from you, and it's gonna be hilarious. Like, uh, um, yeah, it's just good vibes. The first question that I ask every single guest is basically a tri- take a trip down memory lane and uh, tell me about your childhood, tell me about your upbringing, and uh, what you were like as a kid. Okay, do you want, do, do you want to go down the emotional route or do you want to go down the, 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 the calm, jokey route? Either, Either whatever, whatever comes to mind first. And it just... Okay, do you know what? what okay, childhood, right? Um, what do you know specifics? So where were you brought up? What was your upbringing like? Um, what influenced you when you were growing up? Uh, family ties, friend ties? everything okay. so i grew up in northwest london um if it's not from northwest if it's not from london i don't know where else you're from to be honest um <laughs> but yeah northwest london um i grew up i mean pretty normal family um dad works really 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 hard um for a couple like my dad my dad um used to, my dad does so many things but he used to work in like carnaby street um piccadilly circus camden and he's been in for 25 26 27 years now and um, he is a very fast-paced lifestyle we had because he was always working like long hours. He'll be gone by the time waking up. He's back when I'm sleeping. Um, but in terms of, I mean, it was pretty normal. I mean, yes, we had struggles. Like, don't get me wrong. You know, everyone does. I think you know, my mum. My mum was born in the UK, so she's British, and my dad's from Iran. So, you know, him coming over, um, it's a, it's a big. It wasn't so much a culture shock, but there was some adjusting that needed to happen, especially because he's so used to that Iranian Punjabi community, which a lot of people don't know. It was, it was a massive, massive, massive community um, yeah. back in the day. It was, I mean, I've been to Iran. I loved it. It's, uh, I, it, was, it was great. It was, it was amazing. Um, um, that happened because of my granddad. Um, basically, long story short, my granddad was imprisoned in India. Um, I think he was going to be executed as well, and then he fled. Um, when he was about 17, 18, uh, he went to Iran and he literally set up shop in Iran. Like, cool. um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really interesting with him. Um, and then, like I said, my dad coming from Iran, working really hard um, because it's really interesting because, like, my little sister didn't see the stuff I saw growing up, but I didn't see the stuff my older sister saw growing up. Yeah. Like, I, like for me, okay, okay, me and my older sister shared a room for a long time, but like, I didn't know that my mom was telling me when they first got married. My mom was 18 when she got married, my dad was 24. Um, she had my sister when she was 18 as well. So they, yeah, 17, got engaged, 18, my, yeah, my sister came. And um, she was like, we didn't even have beds. We had this council house and we didn't have, no, we just had a mattress downstairs. We didn't even bother going upstairs. I'm like, wow, you know, but I never saw that. You know, um, my older sister does. I mean, I saw some shops, don't be wrong, bro. Like, don't be wrong, that, that there's been days without dinner. Like, it, it, it's this, it's, it's a struggle, but now I think understanding that what my dad had to do then is allowed us to kind of better what he was able to do now moving forward. And then like my kids will better me than their kids will better them. And it, it, it's just how generations work really. Um, school life was fun, was calm. I was, um, I was naughty. Um, 
I was very naughty, um, very hyperactive. Um, it was me and my cousin, like we were the only two things in, in our schools growing up, um, which is fine. I mean, I had no issues at all. Like everyone loved me. Yeah. Um, okay. So I was all right. Um, yeah, well, I had, uh, primary school was cool. I mean, like, you get your naughty here and there, and you do little bits and bobs, which is minor. High school was, and I was probably my naughtiest. High, oh, high school was great. Oh, I love high school. Um, <laughs> because at a young age, um, so like I said, my dad would work a lot. So I used to go to work with him very often, like a lot of the time. And um, I would see my dad literally just speaking to all these people and then being around um, the market environment from a very young age. Like I'm talking around like eight years old. Yeah. Being yeah. A, you know, you're getting a, a cheese sandwich from the cafe guy and a black tea with lemon um, from the guy down the road. Like that's like, and then when they know you, like I would just walk over, they'll give the tea and be like, I'll speak to your dad next time. Like you learn responsibilities from a young age. And, um, oh my God, I've lost my train of thought, bro. You're at high school, high school. High school, yeah, okay, lovely. So, um, like I said, you're dealing with a lot of people, you're selling clothes at, you know, age 11, 12, blah, blah, blah. You get to high school, and then when you kind of meet people from different ethnicities and backgrounds, you know, Romanians, Cambodians, Colombians, Estonians, you know, you meet everyone. Um, you learn how people are a lot. So in high school, I was so lucky because I could be so bad. Bro, I was on report. If anyone like knows me, <laughs> like knows how bad I was. Um, I remember one time there was three reports, green, orange, red. Yeah. And um, so I just, I was on orange for about four months. And I, I was like, I could sweet talk teachers. To, oh, miss, just, you know, <laughs> give me, give me, give me, th give me a three, give me a three. And they did it. Um, and then we got off it <laughs> and within, I went back to history and my mate, Jamie Power, um, who was a wicked guy, was sitting there and you know, uh, elastic bands, rubber bands, yeah, yeah. fold the paper and you make a missile. <laughs> so he was sitting down and me and my friend, see, we were really naughty because we were always in report together. Um, we just made a whole bunch and Jamie was sitting there and we just loaded up and bang and we cracked him in the eye. Poor <laughs> guy's crying. <laughs> the, the, the history teacher comes back because I think she was having a fag outside. Like, trust me, a proper ghetto. She's having a fag outside. She comes back in and Jamie's there just crying. Like, what happened? And bro, without a blink of an eye, she goes, you two just go to Mr. Backhouse. I'm like, how did she know? <laughs> he literally, he literally just signed us off saying, you're off orange for He goes, you guys are a joke. He goes, I just signed you off six minutes ago. Bang, red report from like year eight. And I stayed on report from, from just so, until I left. Um, but what happened was, because like I said, going back to the markets, learning how to speak and be cheeky and, you know, just how to be. Mr. Backhouse said to me, um, they're not going to get rid of you, Karen. He goes, you're just too cheeky and you're too smart with it. Um, and that's why they loved me. Like they said, look, it's actually quite refreshing to have you there. So when I heard that in, I think, year nine, I was like, wicked. I'm going to enjoy the next, <laughs> the next three years. And I'm just going to have a great time. And like you said, I was really naughty. Um, and I was a sweet talker. Like I remember, okay, my head of year, Mr. Gouda. So basically, he just sent out class. Um, <laughs> that's what called the roving register. So if they find you, basically, it's automatic detention, right? Mm -hmm. It got to a point where I became immune to detentions. Like it was <laughs> like there was no point. And then what happened was um, Mr. Gouda, our head of year, she would see me and she just looked at me. She goes, what have you done? I said, Miss, you know I don't like her. She's annoying, she's blah, blah, blah. Do what she said to me, hand the life, I'm lying. Go to my office, 
on the top right co cupboard is these um, these mil uh, milk rolls, banging. So yeah. Just have one or two, throw the wrapper in the bin, and go back to class. Bro, that was like, I was, <laughs> I was, I was so immune. Like, it was you got a free pasta, didn't it? <laughs> Bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I learned that, I was like, you know, I know how people think. Like, yeah. it's great. And then, like, I had, there's another teacher, like, Miss Edwards, who literally, she loved me because her daughter married a sing. And bro, I was I was set. I was set <laughs> so well because I, I was because she was really old and she was really bro. Hand on, if I could meet her again today, I would love to give her a hug. She looked after me so well. She was so good to me. Um, whenever she saw me, she goes, "All right, fine, come for a walk with me." And I would walk with her for twenty minutes, and she's going back to class. Like once I learned that, bro, literally, it was immune for me. Like yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. So yeah, high school I was a bit more. Is it because like is it because because you were around the market environment all the time? You around all these different people. You around older people a lot more as well. Like yeah. so, when you're going to school, they're they're thinking, oh, here's like everyone has that them couple of kids in the year who don't seem like they should be from your year. Like they're so much more mature than the rest of the year. Can have the banter that the adults have, and then yeah. so you just sort of assimilate with the adults more more than the kids. Bro, like I'll t uh, they, I will never forget the story. It was year six. It was year six. <laughs> And I knew I was being naughty. I knew it. And I said, you know what, Karen, let me play with this teacher. I was like, sir, please don't call my dad. My dad's never come to school. It's all my mum. My mum, thank I love her. She's always back to me. Even when I'm in the wrong, she's back to me. And as like, that's what you want from mum. Like, she knew I was wrong. She but in the car, game over. I, I was getting destroyed in the car. I'm mean, <laughs> <laughs> tearing up, crying, everything. But um, I was like, you know what, Karen, let me see if this works. I was like, oh, sir, just, just don't call my dad. Please don't call my dad. My dad was there the next day. No. He thought I was going to be upset. I walked in smiling. I was like, hey, dad, you all right? Like, I, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's, no. it's, a, oh, it's motion sensitive. Oh, here we go. Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh. That's, the, that's the levels in 2021. Motion sensitive rooms. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so I was like, oh, sir, you know, don't worry, my dad. My dad was there, and he thought I'd be scared. But realistically, I was like, I'm not because I, I, I knew how to like play teachers, but like yeah. I said, growing up with elders like a lot older than you, um, seeing how they speak, you know, seeing these guys have a vest which costs ten pound, but they sell two for fifty quid. You're thinking, how the hell are you guys doing this? <laughs> and then you you learn that, and then when you start applying it, um, you just you just mature really quickly. So that was kind of me growing up. I was really quite mature for my age. Um, growing up, then um, the other question you had was who were my influences? No, like who influenced you when you were growing up? Because I know when uh, we when we were on the phone beforehand, sort of talked about like um, I said when you see your videos and stuff, you get like a bit of a Rasta vibe because you listen to a lot of like uh, Jamaican music and a lot of like um, <laughs> and you just you sort of got that vibe about you. And then you were saying you grew up around. Well, you, I, you can explain it better than me. So um, my best friend is my brother, uh, Kamani Knight. Um, his his mum was like a Rasta. And literally from high school when I met him. So how we met was a crazy story. We used to live in housing estates. And um, there was this guy that would like chase us in his car. But he was quite, he was quite intimidated. We were young. We must have been in year, like, we must have been year eight. So he's like 12, 13 years old. He was a big grown man. He would chase us around. And I remember um, this day, because that's how we met. We became best friends from that day. Um, he was on his uh, BMX. And he, and he came whizzing down my, my block. Um, and then I was like, yo, yo, you go to my school. 
He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you're, the, you're the seat guy. And I was like, yeah, be, I've been the seat guy since, since nursery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, and then literally, um, he was like, all right, cool, safe. I'll speak to you tomorrow. And, and he left and he dropped off Jordan. Jordan's now one of my best friends. Um, and then like the next day I found him. I was like, yo, you know, what was that about? And we were talking. And since that day, bro, me and we went to uni together. We lived together. Like we've, bro, we, like we're, he's my, he's my brother. Like we've been through everything together. And his mom was like, like a raster, like very, like, I love, I love my, I call her mom. Like I love her to bits. She is, she's great. Um, growing up around that environment about the morals and ethics and how to cook and how to vibe and how to chill was, was great. Um, also my mom being brought, being brought up in the UK, her, she had a massive influence on me on music because all she used to listen to was dub reggae. That's all my mom listened to. Um, like I remember in high school when my mom used to pick up my sister, her friends would be like, oh, your mom played the bangers, this is this, and my mom would just bleh. My mom was playing Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, like, it's, it's crazy. Like, even now when me and my mom go out, they see my mom, because my mom is literally like, suit, like, she would always be young at heart, right? Mm. Um, and people are like, that's your son. I don't believe that's your son. The, the personalities don't match, like my mom and me. Um, I remember one time, I must have been around 21, and my parents, my parents drink, right? Well, they don't drink, they have a drink called like social drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I went to a shop, I'm gonna let my mom go to shops in the evening by herself. So I went with her and um, the guy ID'd her and it was me and my older sister. And my mom was like, that's my 21 year old and that's my 25 year old. And the guy <laughs> just went red, he was like, I'm so sorry, ma'am, this and this. She was like, fine, it's good food and good jeans, what can I do? Like, <laughs> like having my mom like that, because I think a lot of us, like growing up as, as Asians, bro, a lot of our parents were like first gen out. Mm -hmm. and, and it was very, you know, holding on to like the culture so the kids don't lose it. And it's quite strict and firm because I've seen it with some of my cousins. Yeah. Like, I've seen like how their family is. But because my mum was born here, because my great grandma was from, so, okay, so my great grandma is Gujarati Jane from Uganda. Right, okay. Um, my, my granddad is, is Punjabi Sikh, Sikh, Sikh um, and my dad is Sikh from Iran. So like having that Gujarati, East African influence there with the food and the language, like, hand or not, I can understand Gujarati better than Punjabi and that's really mad. Yeah. So I remember like, let's say again, in high school, like these Gujarati kids would be like, oh, Bold Janot is quite big. And I'd be like, Sukidu? And they'd be like, what? <laughs> How do you know how to respond? And, and they couldn't fathom that. So growing up, like, like I said, I've had such a diverse background as well. Like my grandma being Gujarati Jane from Uganda. I was growing up eating East African Matoki, Posho food, Bugali and stuff like that. Uh, my granddad, obviously growing up back in them days, he could speak Pashto, Urdu, Punjabi, Hindi. Um, and then my mom's brother, who um, married a Spanish lady. So I grew up with my Spanish theater a lot. So there's at one point where I was like, understanding Spanish really well. I grew up having like tostadas and, and everything. It was, it was great. Like it, it, was, it was really crazy for me. And then my other uncle, he married a Turkish lady. So I grew up having like dolmas, uh, sarma, uh, borek. Like it, it just having such a diverse upbringing. Like if you yeah. see a family picture of mine, honestly, I'm the only one with it with the star and the malon. Everyone else is just like, it's, it's crazy. Like my cousin's name is like, Ruben Anand, Raul Anand, like it's, yeah, bro, it's 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 really interesting. And having those diversities, like, and then growing up, my best friend's mum, literally, like, bro, I was at his house every day for at least six years straight. We was always with each other. 
So obviously listening to the reggae music, understand their culture and their vibes and how they are was, was amazing. And then also like there was some, I grew up with a lot of people from the Nation of Islam as well. So understanding how they are, because they're very pro like nation. Like if you're not in the nation, you're, you're, you're here. Um, but like, I, I would be there when they're talking and, you know, they would, I would hear a lot. And, you know, I was really there about like educating myself and understanding things. And like, you know, I went through a bit of a phase trying to understand like, you know, like, who, like where do we come from? You know, you're going into like Egyptian um, history, like Kemet and, you know, and, and, and then just, like I said, just learning all these different cultures. And I realized, like, you know what? What I realized, all those cultures are all the same. It's just a language that changes us. And that's, and that's really it. Like we're all very similar. Um, and like even now, my missus, she's uh, my fiance, my yonce. Um, she's um, she's Gujarati from Portugal. Uh -huh. so, so like it's, <laughs> it's yeah, bro, it's mad. Like it's it's really crazy just having such a diverse like background. And because of like being my dad being so proud, like Iranian, bro, my dad is a very proud. Iranian seed, like he says, like yeah, I'm Iranian, bro. How we eat food is like how Iranians eat, like yeah, with yeah. and spoon, and like our food is mainly Iranian food. Like I mean, hand on heart, bro. Realistic, the time I had Punjab food, I went to Gurdwara. Like, <laughs> serious. Um, like it just like I said, having that just that massive mix of of cultures and diversities really just allowed me at a really young age to not be so like narrow minded and and closed off because what I found was like a lot of people just hang it, it might just be you know more of a safety thing like safety and numbers and you know like common like interests and stuff but like when i've seen like all the Gujaratis and like you know all the all, all, all like the chinese and the chinese i'm like this is rubbish like bro i'll go to house parties halston stonebridge like bro i was going to banging house parties but only sing there literally bro there with my little pot everyone's drinking i don't drink <laughs> i don't smoke i don't do any of that I'm just there vibes and having a good time and like, you know, there's like girls getting daggered here. There's big madness going on. <laughs> it's, it's so mad. But, um, but when I realized like, at the end of the day, like for me, I realized from a really young age that I'm on this journey myself. Mm -hmm. Everything else that happens around me is, as long as it's not affecting me and I'm not affecting, like I'm not causing hurt to somebody else, just let it be kind of thing. Like it's what it is, I can't control that. Well, there's yeah. a girl getting dangled over here, and a girl getting dangled. Well, what can I do? <laughs> but if they're playing like Vibes Cartel or Kevin Little or you know Tapazuki, I'm vibes and I'm in, I'm enjoying myself in my element. So yeah, bro, I had a really big um, amalgamation of just so many things. I, I, think think that, I, I bet you think that didn't think that answer going that long, right? <laughs> no, no. I, I I was thinking like okay, there's there's one different culture here, there's another different culture here, and then you kept on talking, and there's more and more cultures. But yeah. I like we were saying beforehand, and I think you hit the nail on the head, is that when when you're brought up around so many different cultures, you sort of realize again, like you said, they're all the same, and then prejudices sort of go out the window. Do you know what I mean? I think that the the thing that you were saying before of like so many communities just stay within themselves. I think it's because they haven't experienced most likely positively another culture, like their experience of a different culture will probably be negative for them to be closed off and yeah. remain in themselves. But when you are brought up by so many different cultures and so many different backgrounds and people looking so different, all your prejudices go out the window. Like um, I imagine when you go out on the street, you don't really look at anybody 
in a negative sort of light. Like you will be a very approachable person because you're uh, brought up by so many different cultures. Bro, I remember like in the markets, like, but hang on up, like, I do look quite scary. Like, like people say, like, you look quite scary because like whatever my damala and like it sits right. I look like a warrior. I look bad. <laughs> but like, I used to be in the markets, I'd be like, you right there, love? How you getting on? And she's like, I'm just going to drink you speak English. I'm like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> English. You know, it's, 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 it's having that approach. And because, of, like I said, I was exposed to so much. Um, I remember one time, oh my days. So trading standards. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know about trading standards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they came down to us one time and I was there and I was maybe doing something I shouldn't have been doing, but I, I wasn't doing it really badly. And um, the guy, he didn't know me, but the, the, the main guy, he knew me. Like he knew what I was about, like he knew me by name. And this guy didn't know me and he assumed I couldn't speak English. So he was like, you know, sell this. You go prison, you know, see family, kids, you know, go home. And I'm like, okay, Karen, I know what's going on. I just kept quiet. I kept quiet. And I was like, I was like this. <laughs> I was like this. He goes, you know, sell this, this no good. You go prison, you know, see family, long time, you go back home. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, wow. I said, when shall I rattle this guy? <laughs> the main guy came down. And um, <laughs> he was like, you're right, Karen? I was like, Tony, what the hell is this guy talking about? Going home on the plane, not seeing my family. What's he talking about? And the guy went red in the face. Oh, no. and, then, and then he was like, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm so sorry. And the guy was like, look, this is Karen. This is it. It's fine. Blah, blah. Move on. Yeah. So literally, that, ever since then, that guy did not look at me. Like, he just did not look at me. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like you said, just being able to understand that aspect of things is it's really powerful. And sorry, I, I divert a bit, but like having those amalgamations of cultures and, and, and stuff like that and the upbringing of the markets and stuff, it really allows you to mold your character from a young age. 100%. I, could, I couldn't agree more. It's like growing up, up in Newcastle here, I know you say other than London, nothing uh, nothing really matters, yeah? But if, <laughs> up in Newcastle if, here. If it's, if it's not in London, <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all, it's, I don't know. It, must, it might as well have just, all West Midlands after London. <laughs> no, no, no. We are inside of, we're the proper north up here, yeah. That's that's Midlands, Manchester, Birmingham. They're not north. Newcastle is north, yeah. But Newcastle, when I was growing up, anyway, didn't really have that much of a like a diverse surrounding. There was a few here and there of like different cultures, but predominantly like a, a white school and things. But the the few that you do talk to, who also come from like immigrant parents, um, like myself you sort of realise that there's so many similarities. Do you know what I mean? Like you realise that there's no difference whatsoever and you sort of just get along. And then, as I say before, it sort of gets rid of, rid of your prejudices towards different uh, different cultures and things. So when you go out and you see different uh, environments and different people, you're just like, oh, well, it's just the same as me. I think the other thing is as well, everyone likes to think like they're the centre of the universe. Do you know what I mean? It's just, nah, just crack on. Like there's so many people who uh, are doing the same thing as you. It's not like a... It's not a solo struggle. There's so many people that are walking the same steps you have and already done it and mastered it, yeah. got the T-shirt, all of that. Yeah. Um, with dyslexia, uh, going back to school, how was your, like, how were you, like, academically and things? Were, I know you said you were a bit of a troublemaker, but it sounds like you've got, like, your wits about you and, and you, you are a sharp tool, but was it just, like, not acad... Was it academically gifted or not academically gifted? I mean, it depends on 
re realistically, if I have an interest in it, I'll, I'll be the best at it. Mm -hmm. yeah. If I didn't have the best interest, I don't care. Like DT, cutting wood. I don't care about cutting wood. <laughs> you know, that it wasn't me or showing me how to do like circuit board. That's not me. You know, it, it's, it, it, it never interests me. But if I had a genuine interest, like science, I love science, bro. I, I love, I mean, that's what I do, I do now, but yeah. I, I love science and um, like I enjoy geography. And I think with the dyslexia, it kind of gave me like now, um, like a lot of things are matters of perspective as well. Like a lot of people, like even having patients that have been diagnosed with, you know, a discarniation or this issue and this issue. Um, my biggest thing I tell them is you are not your diagnosis. Because I think once we live by, I've got this, I've done this, it's 20 years on, and I should have done this and this happened to me. It, it doesn't allow us to grow. Mm -hmm. So with the dyslexia, I, 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 listened, I said, you know what? If he hasn't got it and I've got it, it's a gift. I don't care. I've, I'm going to use this to my advantage. Yeah. And I mean, I was given the yellow tape and all those funny pens to write with, but I, I, I didn't want to use those because I just wanted to like kind of be me. Um, the only thing... <laughs> The dyslexia stopped me from doing um, was reading out aloud in class. That was like the most daunting thing in the world. Because I'd be like, um, of my son men. And then Lenny saw through, like, oh, brother, was embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that was, that was the toughest thing. To be fair, but most people, most people freeze when they have to stand up and speak in front of their oh, class anyway. Trust me, trust me. But the good thing about me was like, no one would ever laugh at me because I was the funny guy. Yeah. Like, I one time, <laughs> my days, I was I got ill in like high school year ten, and I was away for about ten days. Um, and I walked back in class. Everyone started clapping. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! What's happening? What's going on? Is it beef? Is it beef? What's going on? You know. And um, they were like, "You're back. We don't have to listen to his dead jokes now. You're back. <laughs> this it is." And what happened with me? Within ten minutes, sent straight out, straight away. I'm like, "Oh, great." But like, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I just kind of, maybe like subconsciously I was cheeky and naughty as a way of maybe trying to not accept it. Mm -hmm. But I think growing up now, I'm like, you know what, it is what it is. It's not going to change. It's like, have you noticed I have a stutter? Do you know this? No, no, I never noticed. So you won't, you won't, it comes sometimes, you won't notice it, but I have a, a slight stutter. Right, but okay. even knowing that from a young age, and then, bro, literally, like, this year, I said to my, my dad, I was like, Dad, you know, did, did you miss it? Did you hear it just then? I just, yeah, I heard it. Yeah. I, I said to my dad, I said, like, Dad, I got this stutter, man. It's really bugging me. And he goes, I've got one as well. I was like, no way. You've got it as well. And then my mom was like, yeah, you and your dad both have it. Like, it, it just comes really randomly with us. So, like I said, like, just, it is what it is. And I just got on with it. You know what I mean? It's like, look, I'm five foot. I, I say I'm five foot eight. I would love to be 6'2", but I'm not, so I just keep it moving. Like, it is what it is. You kind of have to accept it and move on. Trust me, yeah, 6'2", life ain't that great, yeah. Like, sometimes being short is better. Trust me. <laughs> but going back to the educational side of things, is like, so when you're deciding that, did you know early on that you wanted to be a sports therapist? Is that something that you, like, wanted to do no, long term? No? no? no, no. Um, so... I've wanted to be a lot of things in life. Yeah. Um, like I've always, okay, I've always said to myself, Karen, whatever you do, you're going to do it well and excel. But once you kind of had that period of it, you're going to bring other people up with it. And then I said, 
basically, long story short, my dad has always said if he ever wins a lottery, he'll give up everything and go like become a yanni and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So having that in ringing in in the back of my head, um, I've wanted to always be a few things, and I link the story together. So I wanted to be, I think, earlier on, I can remember I wanted to be a marine biologist um, because I had I had I've had fishes, and those people that follow me know I've had fish for about 15, 16 years. Um, my latest tank was seven foot by two and a half by two foot, and it cracked unfortunately, which is really good. That really upset me. Um, but yeah, not marine biologist. I wanted to also be. A, a, I really wanted to be a doctor. I really, really, really wanted to be a doctor. But like I said, my grades wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, it was average. I mean, nothing special, you know. Um, yeah, nothing special in terms of my grade. I could never do the doctor. Um, I wanted to do physio, um, but because of um, my grade, again, I, I, could, I didn't get what I needed to get. So I had to always kind of go the long way around to get where I needed to get to. Yeah. Um, and that's with the academic side of things. But kind of linking it back to my, my story, what I was saying, like, I always just wanted to do something, be really good at it, help as many people or, you know, discover something or do something. Um, and then kind of like give it to someone is if it's my daughter or my son or whoever, but this is for you. Um, and then I kind of just want to have a really peaceful life. Like literally sounds, I might sound cliche, but I literally just want to live with me, my missus, my family, uh, a, ba- a banging fish tank and like two or three dogs <laughs> and just have a really chilled life. Like when I was younger, like even now, when I see some of my clients' houses, I've got these massive mansions and, you know, all this stuff. Hand on heart, it would impress a lot of people. But it does, bro. Yeah, yeah, you've got someone's house, five floors, and they've, they've got like 20 acres. and young, it, it would impress you. But now, analysing things subjectively, I'm like, do you know what? That's maybe written for them to have. I'm happy to kind of just like grow really well, do what I need to do, but also scale it down and just realize that being a family for me is it's really important and the last we haven't even got to primal yet wow the last <laughs> like two years of primal has really made me so this is why a lot of people don't talk about things like i haven't been literally with my family properly for like two years because i'm so busy working on things and when you're really trying to work hard and grind and and just really just work hot like seeing my dad how he worked and do, applying that same work rate um you do miss out on a lot of things and like like for me I don't remember my dad being there for when I was a kid I don't remember him being there because he was always working but yeah. that's not of his own or my own and I know that he misses that because literally he said the other day like you're engaged your sister's getting married I've, I've missed out your whole life and and that's what I don't want like I, I've said in my, my fiance today I was like I don't want to literally blink and my kids are all married and off and uni and so I don't want that. That's why I'm trying to work stupid ridiculously hard now so I can enjoy that with my family. Because <clears throat> like, I've seen some people that are mega wealthy. Uh, like some, bro, I've also uncles who are very wealthy, very, done very well for themselves. They're all single. And, and yeah. you can tell that they're not, they haven't got that happiness okay they can buy what they want do what they want to do but that you know that wholesome family is what they don't have and for me that's why i said like i'm working ridiculously hard now so i can enjoy that you know educating my, my daughters and my sons on how to be good people 
you know, I've always had like this sense of community. So like, I've always wanted to like have like a big kitchen where I can cook on a Sunday and then just give it out to people in my area. Like I've always, like these are like things for me, which mean a lot more than, okay, you know, you're seeing X amount of pain, you're, you've got this much in your account. For me, like I said, I'm really happy feeding people. I love looking after people. I, I think it's amazing. Um, and I said to my missus as well, like, you know, if we're able to have the funds in place, I would love to, you know, open up like a farm in India and just pay for them to give them a life, let them do the fields and stuff. And then when I come, you know, just teach me how to do it because it's, I think a lot of people focus on the amount in your bank account. Um, but for me, it's like the inner bank account because yeah. when you pass, they're not gonna be like, oh yeah, he had 20 million in his account. They're gonna be like, you know, he's a really good person or he was a bit of an idiot or he's a bit of a cunt. Oh, 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 oh sorry. That's a big <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, oh, he's a bit of an idiot. Um, <laughs> so, so that's the thing. And I think my granddad, my mom's dad and my uncle, my uncle Joe, like people that knew them, like I knew them as well, but it's been 10 years and I think 15 years since they've passed away. And people are still saying now they were the greatest men we ever met. He was the nicest man I ever met. And, and for me, that means so much more than, oh, do you know what, you know, we took, you know, we, I've got a, a portfolio of 50 rental properties and this and this and this, like, yes, have it, great. But family is, is, is and it's what they say about you is the big thing for me. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. Like, you, you, you definitely do need, like, um, finances to do what you want to do etc but at the end of the day like nobody's gonna remember but nobody's gonna know how much is in your account do you know what I mean everyone is gonna talk about you um in in a positive or negative way and you hopefully want the meet uh, there to be more positive than negative the thing that you were saying earlier is like uh when you see it often where like kids don't reflect like the parents or the money in it because that person's never in the house or like you see it all the time where like the guy who's went out and done the hard graft and brought in the money will be the soundest guy ever and then you see like the the rest of the family who are benefiting from that money and they're just nothing like that person and you're thinking hey what's happened here but it is often the case that they're just not in the house they're out actually doing the graft sort of thing yeah. you we mentioned it a bit there so primal so from from school leaving school and then deciding to become a sports therapist at what point what point did you one decide that and then two go on to set up primal so what happened was i think the lights might go out in a second but what happened was basically um i went to uni northampton uni and was studying um and i was going into my second year and then um life got in the way and i had no choice, I had to leave. Like, like my granddad had uh, dementia for 15 years. So it, I, I couldn't, I, there was no ways. I was like, okay, fine. So that's what happened. And then I went through a phase where I was trying to work in property with my cousins and do this and this and this. And then I just always remember that, like my dad would always ask me to like, just work on his shoulders. And my, um, my great grandma, my, who we call Bar, she was 99 she passed away. Um, I actually like, massaged her legs the day she the day before she passed that's the last that's my last interaction with her because she would let no one no one touch her legs except for me and my bar was proper gujarati she was here for like 50 years 
she understood English, but she would never speak it. Like she would not speak a word, but she would make you understand. Um, and I was the one. And I just remember just being in the hospital and I was working in late and she was okay, cool. I can have my rest now. And then she went and she obviously she didn't wake up the next morning, you know, but like that, and then looking after my family and then, you know, the family like, look, you're really good at it. It just, I said, you know what? I just want to help people. I want to do physio. I haven't got the grades. I can't get there right now. If I, if I can go there later, great. Um, but this is the route. So I went through like colleges and uni just trying to get like diploma courses and qualifications and just kept working my way up and up and up. Um, and then um, I met a blind guy um, who, who taught me a lot. Uh, he trained me. So that was great. He literally had me close my eyes. And um, yeah, he was, he was an amazing. He a was, blind he, guy. Yeah, he, he's an amazing, he's a therapist as well. Um, he is an amazing therapist and he showed me a lot. And um, he, he said like, Karen, like, Yo, you're gonna do really well. Um, <clears throat> and he said, whoever you bring in your circle will do really well. And I was like, wow, like, how do you know that? Like, I, I, mean, I must've been like 19 at the time. So yeah, still quite young. Um, and then literally I just kept studying, studying, learning experience, working on people, you know, doing stuff for free um, and just trying to get that experience. And then like primal literally happened by mistake. Like, like if, so it depends on where you've been following me from. If you follow from when I, I used to work out of my neighbor's mechanics garage. Like I would set a bed up there and I would treat like a few people in there. It was like the most ghettoist thing. And I love them to bits because that's, they are the ones who helped me start primal. They, they, literally, they, they, always, they never said no. They never asked for nothing. They would also feed me after I treated. And they showed me so much kindness and compassion. And all they asked for from me was literally, oh, Karen, when you're free, can you check me? That's all they ever asked for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I was just doing a tribute. I had a massage first. So I did a lot of massage treatments. And then obviously, you know, okay, look, I want to take this a bit more serious. So I, I, I had to leave the markets. Um, and then I opened up in Hemel Hempstead, um, Anytime Fitness. And then from there, within the same few, few months, we opened up in Harrow. And then we opened up in North Holt. And then we opened up in Watford. And it was me manning all myself. And it was really tough. Um, I had um, some heart problems during that time because there's a lot of stress. I was doing like 120 hour work weeks, literally That's like. I remember, like, even my mum was, like, you're killing yourself. Like, I would wake up to go see some clients five o'clock in the morning in Hemel Hempstead. So I would be awake by four, up, shower, part one, bang it down to Hemel Hempstead, <laughs> treat them. And I would stay in the gym till, till, like, 12 o'clock. It wasn't the best of gyms, but I was like, look, current, if I can make it here, we can grow this. Like, we can go anywhere. But then my heart played up, and my cousin, who's a, who's a cardiologist, he was like, listen, you got to chill out. You're having, like stressed induced murmurs and all that kind of stuff oh like, that didn't know that could happen um so I, I had to scale back and it was still just me current Singh. the logo was even like ks like it was crazy um and then um i've missed out a lot but this is just a quick brief and then me and my friend were sitting down i was like listen i've got to take this seriously man i was like you know because you know when the money starts coming in you're like listen i've got to get an accountant I've got, i'm not trying to get done before you know you start <laughs> you start thinking and then i bought a smart machine and I was linked to my personal account. And then my dad said, you can't do that. Then he would make me speak with the accountant. And then I think December the 27th, 2018, um, or 19, 18, 19, one or two, we enrolled the company. And how did we get the name? My friend and me were literally sitting down 
And he was like, listen, you should name it Primal. Primal <laughs> Therapy. And I said, you know what? We're running with it. And my best friend, yeah, that literally, bro, we were just chilling. Uh, I think we just finished playing like COD or something. He's like, listen, oh, look. oh sorry. Oops. He was like, um, you, you should call this, this, this Primal. And I was like, all right, cool, let's run with it. Got it done, incorporated, opened a business account. And literally, bro, it just snowballed. Um, and I remember when, because I was working in Harrow and the lady was really tough on the rent with me. And she gave me like three, four days a, a month, which was really tough on me. Like really, she was awful with me, right? You know that landlord, that monster landlord? Yeah, yeah. It was that. And I said, do you know what, Karen? I don't know what goes in my personal life. Just pay her the rent. So, and the rent was really high, especially starting out. Um, so what I would do was make sure that I covered the rent in one day. So that means um, I would have to see 14 people a day because I was charging like 35 pound then. Um, and then I remember in the room in Harrow, I said, God, please let me be so busy. I don't want to be busy again. <laughs> Bro, and overnight, it just went 10 bookings, 10 bookings, 10 bookings, 10 bookings. And I'm like, what the? And I was like, this is insane. I was like, God, this is too much. Thank you. Like, let's keep it going. And then obviously, look, coming from someone who's always made money for other people, never forget, you get excited, you know, oh my God, this, I'm buying shoes on mum, you know, you know, you start doing things. But then, you know, like I said, and then the heart issue happened, I had to calm it down. Um, and I was like, do you know what, Karen? Because my goal was to help as many people as I can in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But when I realized that's quite an egotistical goal of mine, I was like, okay, cool, let's myself help as many people but let me help other therapists help as many people yeah, um, and yeah. literally my dad this the universe is great my dad was like hey Karen, there's a girl she's a physio um she's working in the stall next to me i'm gonna get her to pass the cv over and um celine shout out celine celine bro celine is an am celine's amazing she's a great therapist she's a she's a physio um she she specializes in like pre and postnatal and she's a, um, she d d does a lot of stroke patients. So she, she's a great therapist. Um, he sent me a CV and I was really new to this. I've never known how to interview. You're working in markets. You're not sure how to interview. Yeah. Can you work? Can you, can you speak English? Can you work? <laughs> can you sell? That's, that's all you need to know in the market. Yes, I can speak English. I can work. I can count to 10, sell, done. But I didn't know any of this. So when Celine came in, bro, um, that story is a bit mad. Sorry, but even before that, I sent her an email. And my dad said, look, she's Turkish. I thought, that's not wrong, I've got Turkish family. Sent her an email. I did hear nothing for about two weeks. And I was like, oh man, what am I gonna do? Where do I look? What to do? I don't know what to do. And I started panicking. And then I was like, oh, you know, if, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And then she emailed me. And I was like, wow. And in my head, because like I said, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, she's got a job. She's got a job. Um, <laughs> And as she came down, I met her, I was like, she's such a great person. I gave her the spot. And bro, back then, I had, bro, we had, I mean, you know, just keep that going. So Celine came by um, and she was working. And like I said, I've gone from a market background. You know, the, the business is coming to you, but you have to kind of upset it, mm -hmm. right? Therapy's different. They come to you when they have an issue, but they need to know you're, you're, who you are and what you're about. I didn't know any of this. <clears throat> So I got Celine in and she, she was getting really, really busy. You know, I mean, we didn't have no real structure systems and CRMs and API. We didn't have any of this kind of the KPI. We didn't have any of this stuff. 
you know, and then. And then uh, after Celine, um, Henry came. And then after Henry, um, a client of mine messaged me. He was like, listen, my brother's an uh, injury rehabilitator. Um, he, um, I wanted to have some experience with you. Quick on, you're a great guy. And I was like, and I've still got the message in my DM. I was like, bro, if he's committed, I'll give him a job. Like, no experience, bro. I had, I had no experience in hiring people, HR, uh, 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 payroll, none of this stuff. Even though yeah. I, don't, I don't understand it. Even though <laughs> I don't understand it. Um, then Jesse came and literally I said to him, he walked in the room, a little bit nervous. I was like, okay, treat me. And that was literally starting. I was like, like interview people, like, treat me. Um, and obviously, because for me, it's all about being thrown in the deep end. Mm -hmm. Throw me in the deep end. And if I sink or swim, I sink or swim. That's it. Simple as. And um, he treated me and I was like, you know what? Yeah, cool. He's young. We can vibe together. I get along with him. Jesse came along. And then, you know, we're all building. You know, we had our first photo shoot and it's going well. And, you know, we're not, you know, we're not bringing masses of amounts of money, but it's, it's sustaining itself. And, you know, everyone's getting paid and oh, I can deal with that, you know. And then, um, and then we was in North Holt, Watford, yeah, North Holt, Watford. Yeah, North Holt, yeah, wow. Oh, wow, North Holt, Watford. And um, then Drillon came along. And um, when I met him, he came in, you know, nice watch, smartly dressed. Like, he came in like a proper interview. And I was like, listen, you, I'm, I'm the least serious candidate you'll ever meet in your life. Like, yeah. I don't know how I'm engaged. I do not understand how I'm engaged. <laughs> Um, he came in and we, you know, I saw him and I was like, you know, no, oh my God, he DM'd me. He DM'd me. He had 220 followers and we were talking and, I, and he was like, listen, I've been following, like you said, I've been following you for a few months. I like your stuff, you know, um, can I have an interview kind of thing? I was like, you know what, come down. I think I said tomorrow or the next day, he came down, nice watch, dressed, hair slicked back. Can I really, you know, come for an interview? Um, and me and Jesse were in the room. He just walks in, instantly, we just vibed. Yeah. Like Lean and, and the others, we just, boom, just had a connection there. Um, and we were chatting, he was yeah, I do this, this and this. And then I was like, all right, treat Jesse. And even Jesse was like, what, what do you mean treat me? I was like, yes, treat Jesse. Um, he got straight in on it. And within the time, I was like, all right, cool. We're going to get you on board. You know, we're going to do this many days and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then... We had a conversation about a month later. I was like, what's your goals? Like, what, what do you want to get? Like, where do you want to be? He goes, I would love to have my own site. And then I was like, okay. Because me, I'm all about having a team where I can allow them to allow their personal life and their personal goals to be achieved. Like, mm -hmm. it's, I think the, the most crucial thing in, in having a team and a, and a company culture is that everyone gets along but everyone is not just progressing the business, they're progressing themselves. Yeah, because yeah. like, there's, I've seen some of my mates who work in Tesco's or these places, they're progressing the business, they're doing what needs to be done, but their personal life, they're still playing FIFA. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, there's yeah. no progression. So I was like, you know what, Karen, earlier on, I want to make it sure that I can give these guys what they want. So like Celine said, Karen, I want to, you know, focus on pregnancy and do that and like that. We're doing that this year because of COVID, I mean, COVID cancelled last year. I mean, I mean, I've taken three years off my age. I think I'm 24 again because COVID counts everything. So I'm 24 again. <laughs> and um, yeah, so like Julian came in and was like, you know, I want to have my own clinic. And I said, all right, cool. So then I got us another clinic, you know. Um, I said, here you go. Like, ta-da. Um, but even that was quite, you know, 
premature of me because I've now given something to somebody else who has no experience of running a clinic. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, hey, here you go. So then, <laughs> like, so, yeah. So then, I mean, like I said, it was just about clients and we would get on the bookings and then we kept growing the team. And then Henry left um, and then uh, Jesse left. And then Jordan came in. Jordan came in just when the pandemic started. So I love Jordan is Jordan. Yeah, he's he's a wicked, wicked guy again. Um, he came on board and literally um, we interviewed him. And like a few weeks later, he goes, "Look, I've been in contact with someone who had COVID. I, I've got the flu right now. I'm isolating. I just want to let you guys know." Anyway, uh, lockdown kicked in. Um, it was like the 26th of March or something. So then I was like, um, "Okay, cool. Do you know what?" I'm not, I can either sink or swim. You throw me in the deep end, sink or swim. So from that day on, um, the 27th of March, I think, I literally sat down in my, in my room and I just said, I'm gonna write, I'm gonna grow this company. So literally I started writing down like a user manual, policies, GDPR stuff. I was getting lawyers involved. Like I got involved with the HR team. You know, we put systems in place, CRM systems, automation tools. Um, and I, and bro, literally, uh, when lockdown ended, I was like, it's been five months already. Like, I, honestly, I thought it was a week. Yeah. So I was just in that room, tunnel vision, working from 10 till 2, even during, like, get some rest, get some rest, get some rest. And obviously, from the pandemic, when it started getting worse, you know, the team, like, you know, I might look at doing some Amazon delivery, I might look at this, everyone's panicking, you know? And in my head, I was like, no, I can't let that happen to these guys. They've done so well, I cannot allow them um, I said, uh, and he said it's right. There is no nothing wrong with any job. Like um, a few weeks ago, somebody was making fun of a cleaner. I was like, listen, it doesn't matter because that person is still getting up, doing their thing, making an honest living and looking after someone. I said, you're a bum. You're just smoking weed and playing FIFA. So you're just a waste man to me, right? Mm -hmm. And and like no one is too good for any job. I've lived by that rule. Like I've said to myself, if this all goes to crap one day. And I have to be a cleaner. I'd be a cleaner, and I'll be the best cleaner around. Like th that's what it is. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Nobody's no good for any job. Um, it, it, even if you're like, like I remember, like in the when they shut down Camden Market, one of the market owners, you know, he went to go work in a in a restaurant. I told my uncle, he goes, "Oh, man, that's so sad." I was like, "Why is it sad?" I said, he goes, "You know, he had his own business, he had a warehouse, this." I said, "Look, from that perspective, yes, but he's happy, he's healthy, he's still earning a living. No one is too good for any job. It, yeah. Like." Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a similar story, like especially with the cleaning one. Is um, do you know who Nav Bhatti is? The Toronto Toronto Raptors super fan. Have you seen that sing? So like he he's he's got a mad story. He fled India after 1984, um, from like them attacks. Goes to Canada, couldn't find a job. He had like a mechanical engineering background. Becomes a cleaner, from a cleaner, and he says it as well. He's like. I was a cleaner, but I was the best cleaner, exactly what you said. And then he ends up getting a um, job as a car salesman in a Hyundai dealership, yeah? Within three months, he sells 127 cars, which is yeah. nuts. Yeah, two years later, he buys that dealership. Now, he's got so many dealerships all around Canada and North America. He's worth like 50 mil. He hasn't missed a Toronto Raptors game for 20 plus years. He sits courtside next to Drake. Everybody like uh, in Toronto knows him. When they won the championship a couple of years ago, they gave him a ring. Like they wow. gave him a championship ring because he's wow. like that loyal sort of thing. So it's yeah. a similar story of whatever you're going to do, just do it to the fullest. Be the best. Be, because if, if you're the best, 
it's 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 I'm, I'm the best. Simple as like that's why I said like no one's good for any job. Um, and sorry, I've, I've lost trailer four, bro. Where was we? We was uh, um, do we, uh, what was it? Sorry. So um, yeah, the driller came and they gave him a site and yeah, lockdown working, getting all systems in place and even like when I start introducing things like you know um, our um, Slack, Jane, Asana. There was so much resilience on the team. They're like, no, it's not going to work. This and this. And I said, I'm sorry. You guys got to stick with it. And now they're like, yeah, come, this is easy now. You know, yeah. and like even like Jordan, who's our newest recruit, um, he only started in September at Fishwell. He officially started yesterday. Shout out, Jordan. But he's been, he's been off for the whole year. He goes, current, it's mad because I would come in because he came in when I'd done my first team meeting. Like my first, he was there. Um, and now, like, it's just developed to a point where it's just for me i get quite emotional because i'm like I, this is crazy like it's now starting to run itself kind of thing yeah and 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 from a business that's what you want you want the business to rely on the operations and procedures you put in place for it to work because if it's too reliant on me as the as the bottleneck or the individual it will never grow it will just rely on currency 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 and and it, it if I want this to grow to a point where, like I said, maybe one day when I pass away, but this is still going, yeah. that's the vision I have with this thing. Once I go, this is still going. It's still growing and growing and growing. Um, so yeah, like I can't be the final bottleneck of this anymore because like I said, it's a collective now. You know, it's it's no longer just like current like primal therapies. Actually, no, Celine, Drillin, Jordan. Admin team, Loretta. Oh, one second, bro. So now the introduction's done out of the way. Should we get into primal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, a question that I was going to ask is: so when we were speaking beforehand, I was going to introduce you as a physiotherapist, but you corrected me and said sports therapist. What is the difference between the two? Uh, a degree. Just a degree. Okay. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Is it's a, so I've had people try to sue me on this. Oh, bro, I've had the works run at me. I've had people try to sue me on some craziness. Um, physiotherapy is a protected title, same as osteopathy and chiropractic, meaning there's governing bodies that basically watch and monitor things. So, for example, if me not being a physio or osteopath starts saying, oh, I'm an osteopath, or I'm a physiotherapist, the HCPC and all these big governing bodies will be like, no, you're not, show us your papers. We haven't got you an hour extra, so you're not a physio. It's, a, it's illegal what you're doing. Right. Stop now and we can take affirmative action kind of thing. So that's the difference. And as sports therapists and injury rehabilitators, sports massage therapists and stuff like that, pre-lockdown, we was actually classified in a hair and beauty salon. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why during the first lockdown, a lot of us was not allowed to work because we were classified as beauty and hair and that kind of stuff. And then our governing bodies, Bazrat, SST, STN, all these other people, not the STA, let's not talk about the STA. Uh, all the other governing bodies were like, listen, they're not massage therapists. This is what they're doing. They're taking a burden off the NHS. You know, if someone goes into any shoulder pain, right? And there's some woman that has got a heart palpitation going on or something, you know, it's just taking up that time before she can get seen. So they've lobbied it and now, like for example, we've thank God been able to stay open because physios are like the gold standard backed by the NHS and, and like osteos as well, they're like on their own level. They're yeah. allowed to be open regardless. With us, it's been a bit of a struggle. That's why like financially we've been hit with a few bits and bobs, 
But um, yeah, that's the main difference for obviously uni degree and protected terms and titles. Yeah, I was I was wondering what the difference was because I tried to Google it a bit and I couldn't really see too much other than like what well basically what you said, just said. Um, I think the Google answer is is always going to be the worst, and that's obviously what you do straight away. Just Google it, and it comes up with some random stuff. So it's it's, it's hard because physio, sports therapy, they overlap a lot. Like it's mm-hmm. like the difference is a few like modules and stuff. Like physio do a lot more, I think, stroke and neuro stuff, um, yeah. and that's the main thing. But honestly, once this grows and stabilizes, I want to go back to uni, finish off uh, physio, or I want to re-enroll into osteopathy and do either or but I'm really playing with this idea because I'm thinking right now like if this keeps growing and growing where it needs to be do I now need to actually go and do that yeah because it's it's the foundation is strong it's it's getting like it's getting better and better and if it was still of my personal branding about current then yes I would go but I'm still playing with the idea of if I'm building this more teams get involved in management and blah 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 then Primal is now its own thing. Like it's, yeah, yeah. it's become its own entity separate from me. And, and I think, like I said, like that's in my head, I have to see what happens. But who knows, bro? You never know. You never yeah. know I think the, the thing on Google actually basically just said a, a, the difference between a physiotherapist and a sports therapist is that a sports therapist just uses the physio techniques in a sports environment. So it basically said there's no difference other than the environment. I was like, well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's 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 gray areas all the time it's, yeah it's, it is what it is um so i i obviously uh have followed you on social media on instagram primarily for quite some time um on my personal account which i was telling you when we were setting this up um and obviously you're quite active on it as well how yeah. like how much do you think uh like social media and things have influenced the the trajectory of primal and and like content creation and all that things because behind it you're giving out so much like free information that obviously like there's there's a help and hinder sort of thing there's like one one thing is right well i don't need to go there because you just show me what to do and i'll do it at home but then the other side is it's going to benefit because then you you look and think oh he knows what he's talking about i've got a more complex issue so i can go approach them if they're in london yeah yeah well we i mean we reach i have clients that come down from sheffield once a month without failing like we reach mass like it's it's crazy what social does yeah. um just to narrow your question was your question like what influence has social had on primal yeah like the impact of influencer is it a, is it a conscious thing that you say like we're hammering social so we can like you said before reach as many people as possible and obviously grow the business is that a conscious decision so it my instagram was always private it was always private me and myself um, I think I started maybe a year or two ago with 400 followers. And that's all personal. I knew. Yeah. Everyone who I follow, I generally know personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I opened up the floodgates because I I wanted to be that person that was quite quiet and like, oh, shit, there's a guy in Hemel and he's sick and his name's currently what he does. And I wanted that. But then I had a very good conversation with a client, my first client, Jason Tavernin, um, 20, 23rd of July, 12 o'clock. Um, I'll never forget that day because he was the one that in my head really ignited the spark for Primal as well. Cause he was like, he came and he was the first client that ever gave me a shot. Like he, in Hemel, he was the first like paid unofficial official client I ever had. And um, I didn't want to take money off him. Cause I'm a big thing. 
um, like, I'm a big thing, like, if someone gives you money the first time, you donate it to the temple or you buy food. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's my thing. So, like, when Jordan gave me his first, like, client, I, I donate it to the Gurdwara or food or I do something with it. I don't know the whole team. Um, I didn't want to take it. And he said, look, mate, one day you're going to get married. One day you're going to have kids. This is going to help you feed your kids. Never turn it away when someone offers it to you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what a, what a geezer. Who would, did you get to like, what a, what a guy? He didn't need to say that to me. He could be like, all right, cool, cheers. But he's like, look, you've done your work on me. One day you're going to have kids. One day they need to eat. This is, I'm, I'm like helping you help them. Yeah. And then um, he was like, you need to make your social media public. And I was like, fine. Um, and w- when I finally took the step to make it public. <laughs> that sounded like a and fine. You were like, fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, oh, great. Um, <laughs> But when I got to the point of doing it, like, um, how do I explain? Social media does play a big role in what we do. Like, um, it, it's quite a passionate subject of mine because I try to be myself in everything I do. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with a lot of people that say, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And I've always been the person like, Fuck you. I'm doing what I want to do. I'm listening to what music I want to listen to. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm do- you can't tell me what to do. But now, as Primal has, like I said, it's becoming its own entity, I now have to be mindful of what I say and what I do and, and little bits and bobs like that. Like, for example, you know the whole farmers issue, right? That's going on. Yeah. Bro, I support that. I've donated money. Like, there's a lot I've done, but I don't put it on my social. And I've had a fair few Sikhs, like, like, message me, you know, you should use this and this and this. I'm like, this, yeah. Like, I, I am using it, but I also have to be mindful that this platform is not for me. It's primal and the team. Yeah, you yeah. Know? My team is so diverse, like different cultures, different backgrounds. You know, do you know, for example, a few months ago in Poland, they, uh, they, they like abolished the, the abortion rule or something like that, right? Right. So I'm like, I can't just narrow it to mine. Yes, bro. I, when, when you see something posted about the Kisan, it's me. I'm there. But, bro, there's six other people that manage this account. Yeah. And, um, like I said, it's becoming so empty. And, yes, we definitely mind for what we say, like, I, I, like swearing. Um, so I've had to, like, kind of sit back and kind of want, be myself, but just be a bit more mindful of what I've done. The social media aspect has helped Primal grow massively. Like, compared to a lot of people, it's really helped us elevate um social awareness but i think as you grow and develop there's like a a bit of responsibility as well that comes with it naturally you know not not to be controversial on certain things too much and it annoys me like i mean if you want to chat to me about my views and blah blah chat to me like i'll talk to you personally but Mm -hmm. saying that again bro if you're having those conversations on on social someone can easily screenshot it send it somewhere and then that's you finished like and take out really context mind. as well. Yeah, bro, exactly. And you have to be really mindful, especially when your end goal inside is to make this its own thing. You have to be mindful of not ruining that because I could say something, let, let's just say I say something very controversial, right? I'm, I'm responsible for a team of six people. Now I've potentially ruined that for them. Yeah. So I can't, I can't do that. If it's, like, if it's just me, my, myself and whatever, all day long, I'll say what I want and do what I want. But when you're responsible for a team, 
you have to be mindful, especially socials, because bro, social can be a, a nasty place, bro. Like, like it can 100%. be really awful. Like, what did one guy say to me? Um, so this is what I find interesting. One guy commented, and I did a video about hip mobility, and he said, oh, losing weight would help, right? For me, I laughed it off, I'm like, mate, to be honest, I mean, you're 100% right. Losing weight, you'd be more mobile, like, you're, you're right. But bro, the amount of people that was like, who the hell are you, do you know? And was just, just slandering this guy. For me, and people I've never met before. I'm like, wow, this is, this is insane. And I really value the whole aspect that, like you said, people, like how social, like the perception of it as well. Like, you, you've seen me through social. Yeah. And you spoke to me on the phone. Yeah. Is there any difference? Very little, to be fair. Very I'm probably little. more open on the phone, like now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it plays a huge role in a lot of things, bro. But that's the world we live in now. Yeah. Everything's automated, everything's online. You have to be present and not just Insta. Like I haven't even touched Facebook, YouTube avenues or TikTok yet. And um, we're going to be going down that route later in the year. But, you know, it plays a massive thing and everyone's out there just trying to be seen, be seen, be seen, be seen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite scary. Like one of my posts I put out, I think it's now hit like 18K views on a reel. And mm-hmm. I can't, I can't understand that. Like, I'm like, I've done so many posts over the last two, three years. How then has this one post just gone boom? Obviously it was an algorithm, blah, blah. But I'm like, I still don't fathom how 18,000 people have seen a video of me. Yeah, a, yeah. Guy from, a guy from Northwest London who wears like ripped, like ripped joggers and holes in his socks <laughs> and stuff. Is 18,000 people have seen it. And, and it, 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 it's just mind blowing, bro. It's, it's insane. It plays a big role in things, definitely. 100%. Like, um, the, the thing you were saying before about is there any difference? I, I actually messaged my mate. So me and my mate, obviously, we our Insta chat is basically just videos of you for when we go to the gym. Yeah, like it has been for a couple of years. I'm, I'm not like trying to gas you up or anything. I told you this before when we weren't on the podcast. It, it just is what it is. And then you rang me the first time to set up the podcast and uh, I got off the phone. I was like, "You're never gonna guess who like just rang us." Yeah, and I was like, "It's like it's Colin." Yeah, he's like, "He was like, what? Like, is it primal therapy?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he's like, "What was he like?" I was like, "Yo, he's proper jokes, you know." Like, I wasn't expecting it to be so funny. He was like, "Well, to be fair, he's funny in every video." But I was like, "Yeah, but some people do put on like a bit extra for videos." But I was like, "No, nah, it's consistent." The whole algorithm thing is 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 nuts. To be fair, this is a conversation I've had with quite a lot of people uh, on the podcast and off numbers on social media are nuts i always try to put it in perspective of football stadiums that's that's how i comprehend everything in my mind so if someone has like two hundred thousand likes on something in my mind that's four st james's parks and if you go to st james's park which is a newcastle football stadium when it's full and the atmosphere is crazy it's it's beyond like it's like nothing else Times up by four, and that's mental. Do you know what I mean? Then you get yeah. millions of people. It's like it's unfathomable, but obviously you do get like these numbers are just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, you you obviously do have like quite a diverse social clientele as well. <laughs> it's not it's not just like athletes, it's not just desk workers, but they're all from different backgrounds. This is a question that I asked Harvey as well. Um, so it's quite interesting to see what your perspective would be. From different ethnic backgrounds, do you find that different ethnicities have similar um, problems? So I'll I'll give an example of like, uh, say, Indians might have a lot of 
lower back problems from overdeveloped quads and and things like this and underdeveloped hamstrings or is it more profession based of whatever the person does that that plays more of a factor yeah i think i think now living in see that question is a bit hard for me just because um it depends on who is your majority clientele you see if you're in like west london you're gonna have a very high asian population um we, we were once in Hertfordshire. my mine is nowhere near asian demographic mm-hmm. um i think the main question answer to that question is we right now we all kind of do the same thing we sit down a lot we're just sitting down too much really you know standing not moving and this and this i think it's more of everyone is having the same issues neck shoulders low back neck shoulders low back neck shoulders low back if you play a sport then maybe lower limbs and stuff like that but predominantly for me and what i'm seeing is a lot of people all have the same ailments i think one time um, there was like a whole week bro a whole a whole goddamn week i would be peccaries 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 and I'm like, oh my God. And I said, God, please give me something else, man. Give me something else, man. And then he gave me Morton's neuroma. I'm like, oh, oh my God, fine. Okay, fine. It is what it is, you know. But even having that Morton's neuroma, I mean, it's annoying, but it's, I mean, it's easy to manage it. It'll go away. But like, it was just that change. But no, I think everyone now, generally, irrespective of culture, ethnicity, have generally the same issue. We're all on our phones. We're yeah. all working our desk too much. We're all sitting in front of screens, you know. Um, but athletes are different, especially like football athletes. Um, Drillen, he was like, got to be semi-pro, he plays football really well. He works with QPR. Um, like, even if we were talking about football injuries, he goes, you know, football injuries is not that common because they do their strengthening, they do their stretching, they do this. He goes, but in football, when the injuries are there, he goes, it's mad, crazy injuries. Like, impact injuries, fractures and, and, and breaks and stuff, because that's the difference. Um, but no, I think to answer your question, sure. I think everyone now is having the same issues because we're all living very, and I don't want to say dysfunctional, but we're all kind of living very similar lifestyle that's movement patterns. Yeah. You wake up out of bed, you sit on the toilet, you go for a shower, you sit down and have breakfast, you sit in the car, you sit, go to work, you go to work or work from home, you're sitting down in front of the laptop, doing everything, blah, 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 finishing work, you're having some dinner, you go into it again, you're sitting at the dinner table, you're sitting on the sofa. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah. We're all following that pattern. And what you do, for example, if you sit like this, or you sit like this, or you sleep like this, then that may have different issues going on. But majority, everyone has very similar um, issues going on. Yeah. The reason I ask is when, when I started getting into the gym, me and my cousin... Uh, around like the 16 to 18 year old we're, we're starting to like uh, try to form a physique um, as you do at that age when you started to like lift weights and stuff and we we noticed like so many similarities just not just between us but like other like Indians and then we'll look at the black guys in the gym and they would have like these massive hamstrings and really big glutes and we're thinking I've got big quads yeah but my my hamstrings and my glutes are lacking for days and so that that's like I always have that in my mind is whenever I like talk to I say ask Harvey the same question just to see if what the similarities and differences are in between like um like genetic backgrounds and things I mean you do see a huge difference bro like I mean for example when I see when I see Gujarati people, they're quite skinny and quite lanky, and you know they have got that, you know that that 
the ground they got that I'm not saying they don't what I'm saying is like when you see them your perception is oh he's quite slim and this and this right mm -hmm. but when you see like Punjabis you're like oh, I'm just big yeah. he's just yeah. just chunky and yeah. when I see like you know like African or Caribbean patients yeah, you're right they're just they're just solid mm -hmm. um but the difference is like I said genetics play a, a, a huge role in a lot of things and a good friend uh well a friend of mine and Ernie Taylor have you heard of Ernie Taylor I haven't. Who, who's that? He's an old school pro bodybuilder, and he's I mean he's Jamaican himself. And then he, I heard him talking to one guy, and 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 they were talking, and and this is and he he's he's Caribbean himself, and he said because the guy had another coach, and he wanted him to coach. He basically he wanted Ernie to coach him. Right. Okay. So in the bodybuilding industry, when you see a coach that you want to look like, you want to work with him. Yeah. That's yeah. How it works. But he was like, "Don't come to us." This is what he said. Don't come to us, black man. He said, don't come to us because we're naturally gifted. He goes, we don't have to work twice as hard as the English or Indian guy. He goes, they have to work their ass off to get where we are naturally. So yeah. if you're a coach, I don't need to work with me. You should work with someone like this person because he is going to be on point and work twice as, even three times as hard as me. Mm -hmm. And it's like my best friend, Kamani, again, bro, we lived at uni. Um, he, Kamani's very simple. He goes, how do I get this bigger? I showed him, bro, two days later, boom, solid. I'm like, what the hell? All he eats is Cocoa Pops. I'm like, this is <laughs> I said, you put me on Cocoa Pops, I've got diabetes by two o'clock and I'll probably, <laughs> I'm finished by Thursday. Like, it's just, just mad. But yeah, you do see, like, genetics and, like, even dealing with, like, a lot of, like, oriental patient stuff. Like, even, like, feels of skin and stuff, it's, it's all very different. You know, mm -hmm. um, even, like, effects, like, when you do, like, dry needling, um, when you do it on like Europeans and Asians, right? They have a very big localized redness that comes, which is very normal, yeah. right? When you do it on uh, Oriental patients, it's literally just like a dot, 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 dot. Literally, I'm like, why? And I've noticed that I've never seen like one of my Oriental, pa Oriental patients when they put the needle in and it's just got like a really big response. It's just very localized and like feeling the, the texture of the skin is, is, is very different. Yeah, definitely. There is a difference. But I think the main thing is when you realize that a body's a body. Mm -hmm. They may look different, they may feel different, but at the end of it, the body's the body. It doesn't matter black, white, brown. Muscles and skeleton, the skeleton are there, and, and they all literally, it's, this, it's the bloody same thing. Yeah. So it's more lifestyle based. Like the, the things that you mentioned before with neck, shoulders, and uh, lower back. And I've seen this uh, obviously on your Instagram at the moment, you're hammering posture, correcting sort of um series yeah series so is that is that the biggest like thing that you would say that when people come in like the average average person is probably their posture that they need to work on you know what it's but i'm gonna be just weird with it right now the reason why i say posture is because i'm aware that you like the audience will understand that more yeah if i start going into like you know this overacting this underacting this is going on this and this and this it will go over your head Right. Mm -hmm. So when I say posture, it's because like, for example, have you seen a lot of guys on Instagram that say the word realign you? Realign, realign, realign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah. You can't, how can you realign anything? Well, you've got a fracture, like, you know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't realign. It's, it's become a marketing tool, you know, yeah. and, but hand on heart, I've used it a few times. I have, because I understand that it's the language you understand. Yeah. If, if, if you take me to somebody who talks about computers all day, I will have no understanding about this and this and this and the code. I won't know. But if you say, oh, this is what it does. Oh yeah, I get it. 
Yeah. Like it's 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 the language we use, and that's the biggest which goes thing back to your market days. Like that adaptability is is yeah. and being able able to talk to so many different people is probably why that that comes in so handy. Um, a question that I had about posture and like marketing tools and things, the the straps, the posture correctors that you can buy off Amazon for like a fiver. Yeah. how effective are, are they and do they actually work or is it a, a bit of a gimmick because i'm not gonna lie I've, I've got one somewhere in this room uh, i can't remember where it is because i didn't think it worked after after a, a bit of time but um from your experience did, did they help as humans we always want a quick fix yeah that, and that's literally we want that quick fix we want instant gratification like i'm going off topic now yesterday I posted and hit like 3,000. I'm like, well, why is it hit 5,000? You know? I'm like, well, kind of chill out, bro. Like, it, that, that's, how, that, that's how Instagram gets to your brain. Same mm-hmm. with us as humans. We want that instant gratification. We want this is, take this pill, it's going to fix your heart. To do this, it's going to do this. Stretch this, it's going to get rid of side stuff. Realistically, it's a combination of things that's going to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um, posture correctors and stuff. Do you know what? This is what I tell you, what I tell my patients. There is no real incorrect posture because yes. i have people walk in with me like this no pain they're fine what's up oh i just want you to stretch a little bit but no pain you know no. posture and pain look there is a correlation you know if you're overworking and this was going on there may be some pain there but there is no real bad posture um there's a correct posture anatomically which you've been trained by which everyone kind of wants to kind of look like this which yes. is it's, it's not a natural posture anyway. Um, the body should be relaxed in itself. Um, going back to the posture correction, like I said, I tell my patients, if it's working for you, do it. Because if it's going to allow you to get better quicker, I want you to do that, right? But if you want to actually engage those muscles themselves and kind of do it yourself, we can also do that. But I think, like I said, a lot of people, they don't understand that. If you've got like, okay, rounded shoulders, for example, your body didn't just wake up overnight with rounded shoulders. It's years and years of small incremental stresses, which has caused your body to adapt to that, right? It's an adaptation process. So getting a posture correction or doing, you know, three sets of 10 once a week is is not going to fix it. It's, again, we're trying to reverse those small incremental stresses to be in a better way. So yeah, it's, um, like I said, it's the small increment, incremental stresses trying to get you back to where you've been. And we can do it. I think, like I said, a lot of us are very lazy. You know, we, you know if, if we can put, like there's muscle stims that gives us abs, we'll all be doing it all day long. But yeah, that's yeah. why they don't take off because they don't have a real work, like they don't really kind of work for them into work. Yeah, well, I asked Harvey about that as well as, uh, as, as them, electrical stimulation to make abs and it's just like nah I, as, I, as I was saying to you one of my friends uh, is a, um, who's like a bit quite big on social media he's been approached by like companies to advertise it before and things and he's like no all the time because if, it, if it's not genuine then there's no point in doing it um, okay. but yeah like I always wondered that because as I say I have one of them uh, posture correctors that you can buy on Amazon where you like put it around your shoulders you tighten it and it's gonna and it doesn't really like a lot of the uh, uh, yourself and you know Alpha, Alpha Lean X, uh, that guy in America. Yeah, I like, like, I like his stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You two basically have got some really good stretches. Like him, him as well has some really good stretches and things as well. And um, that's more what I've been implementing over the years uh, rather than before. It's that whole, um, what's it? Like all the gear and no idea. So you buy everything and then you want that to fix you. And then holy, holy, you, you get the idea and you drop the gear because you don't need it anymore. Which, but another thing that I actually wanted to ask about, which is one of these other products here, is so mid last year I uh, got a Bulgin disc. Um, I, I imagine that's probably a common thing as well with link to posture, um, that probably happens. And one of the things that I've seen, like kept on coming up when you are on the internet, is this little like, I think it's called when the word magic is in it, you know it's not going to work. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's, it's that little, no, it's like a little arch thing where you just lie down on it and it's like, it's raised. And then you just, meant, it's like meant to decompress your spine. Does that, another question, does that really work? Like, like, like I said again, bro, if it, if it helps you feel better, mm -hmm. do it, right? Um, like again, I think any movement is amazing. I think the problem with social media, a lot of people think you kind of need to be like, like this, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, you need to be like like this, and the body. You know, I say, well, look, your body should be strong in any movement. You know, um, like I said, and like extension is great. I mean, a lot of people when they have sciatica or sciatic-like symptoms, uh, we get them to do something called like McKenzie's, and that's really like like extending the lower back, like something that you're trained or told not to do. You mm -hmm. know, um, it all depends on what's going on. That's why I tell a lot of people like it'd be really good if you came in. And we can do like a, a check and be like, all right, cool, look, you've got a posterior pelvic tilt. That means, you know, maybe this is overworking and we'll do our muscle testing we have and we'll do the reverse testing. And it's okay, this is unwrapped. We think you should be doing this. And bro, 10 times out of 10, when they take that advice, they are literally like, I'm, I'm going to fix. And I'm like, it's, I just, it's, I tell them like, I've just shown you a different movement, which you haven't been doing. Because a lot of people like go because like, they do squat, bench, deadlift. Yeah. Right? And that's a very just like squat, bench, and deadlift. It's very blocky movements. Um, I'm I love deadlift and I love squat and I love bench. Bench is my favorite, I love it. But they're very blocky movements. And if you're gonna do that for like three, four years, eventually some five years, something's gonna snap, right? Because you're you're just getting strong in that one direction, you know. Yeah. And the, the body's designed for full movement. So you have to be able to be strong in, in all movements, and that's the main thing. I think um, going back to what you said about you know the back and extending it, if hand on, I love back extension work. I think it feels great. I love it. I, I really enjoy it. Um, but like I said, it's just about being strong in all planes of motion, not just squat bench dead, squat bench dead, because it's our ego that will it push you to get more numbers. But realistically, there's only a, a, a finite amount of way you can go, like, unless you're a pro powerlifter, like my friend, Dennis Connoisseur, who can, he, bro, I think he's like 90 kilos, and he's pulling something like 355 kilos, like massive weights, right? He's a pro lifter, that's what he does. He represents GB, you know, and that's his job to do, but realistically, us normal people, hitting those numbers, I mean, if you hit it, amazing, but these guys are trained how to hit the numbers. They know, you know, for X amount of weeks, they work in this range and have to do this accessory and they have coaches that do that. Mm -hmm. um, 
and again it's just about being strong in all movements and your body being able to move and stuff like that like have you had some people they sleep and their hands get numb and stuff like that oh no i'm not heard so when they sleep they wake up and their hands get numb and stuff like that and and generally it's a compression from like the scalings and the subscap immediately rotating when they're sleeping and stuff like that but like you should be able to do this and not feel pain when you're sleeping yeah if you're feeling pain when you're sleeping that means there's potentially some muscles that are overactive and some that are underactive so what would be good is bring them in get them checked out and and sort it out because a lot of these things because has anyone ever asked you like oh my pillow's really funny or what's the correct way to sleep no 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 so a lot of people ask me like what's the best way to sleep what's the best pillow to use and i said the best way to sleep is to have a good sleep like yeah like, yeah exactly you know, there's no you know magic way of sleeping which is going to be one way better than the other you know obviously sleeping in your stomach i mean because you're some of your face is covered and breathing but on your back is ideally the best but realistically your body should be able to handle these situations and be able to move comfortably and freely so yeah. i'm all for that back extension if it helps them and they feel better great but if they want to look at more long lasting effects then we have to get some activation and strengthening going. Yeah, that's that's uh, so like when when my bulging disc happened that's basically what happened to me is I went to a sports therapist up here in Newcastle at one of my friends gyms and uh, she was amazing to be honest like she she basically told me what to do outside the gym and and like all the strength and exercises. I didn't realize how tight my psoas muscles were like ridiculously ridic- no not psoas muscles um piriform- piriformis is that the one? Yeah. Like, uh, around like your lower back and your glutes so in, was, your bunda. in your bunda <laughs> in your bunda in your bunda so <laughs> i was coming home and doing like uh pigeon we love a bunda. We we'll love it we'll love it at that time actually i hated it honestly i was doing these pigeon stretches every morning and bloody hell like they were painful but then you get to move and like uh, as i said before like shops up here you, you lift up cases of beer so you need to be like a bit more flexible just on your lower back for that sort of thing as well um is so that, that, that's basically uh sort of some of the questions that i want to ask like for my personal preference just for, uh, for like my personal thing because obviously i may as well in it i may as well take advantage of the situation be able to ask one or two uh, cheeky little questions there what uh what's your like plans for primal going forward i know you've alluded to it before try to help as many people um and like train as many other sports therapists to be able to help even more people but within like the next say year to 18 months of COVID goes away, what are you hoping to do? Growth. It's all about the growth and continued growth. I think what we're trying to do here at Prime was like, I've told the whole team and the team on, on board the vision and culture. It's, it's, if we're the same from when it was yesterday, we haven't progressed. You know, it's a small victories over a long period of time, which win the war. Mm-hmm. So like with Primal, I, like, if COVID didn't kick in, Hands on heart, we would have probably had another site. Um, and you can see one of the videos I recorded um, about COVID. I said, you know, we're on plan to open up our fifth site. We had two sites lined up, but because of COVID, it's just, it just shut on everything. Um, 18 months to a year, hopefully. Um, I'm married and got a kid on the way. That's one of my personal. Um, I think with Primal, I don't want to say, but I want to say as well. I just think that we're going to be at a position where we start getting recognised 
a lot more. Um, and I've told the team, the team are seeing it now. I'm like, listen, in the next 18 months, it's going to be a, a, a different level of not just therapy, but I want to be able to open up an academy to train therapists further. And, and eventually, like, I'm not saying I'm the best, but if I can do primal really well, I want to be able to give like those smaller therapists like an understanding of how to run things and maybe look at helping the community set themselves up and you know maybe if we look at maybe like a franchisee model or you know having a site in the midlands somewhere and a bit more higher up as well like there's so many goals bro i mean i can tell you i want to have a site in each major city i want to open up abroad i want to hit the middle east you know I, I, there's so many things that can happen um i thought that the if it wasn't outside london as well pardon I thought you said if it's not in London, it doesn't matter. Uh, people still need help, even if that's not. <laughs> <laughs> good save, good save. <laughs> Bro, you can't catch me up. <laughs> you can't catch me up. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I, a, a goal for me with Primal is I want to see if all the systems I've put in place here, maybe if we find the therapist further afield, and, and kind of work what we do here. And if it works for them over there, then I can be like, do you know what? I can actually roll this out to Ireland. I can take this to Portugal and I can help people train there. Cause bro, I get messages from Portugal, Italy, Spain, Ireland, you know, can, can we come, can you teach us, can you do this, this, this? And I mean, yes, I would love to do all that. But right now I want to focus on solidifying my team's future and, the, and, and their goals and aspirations allowing them to you know excel forward and then we're going to like hit things really hard um within hopefully by july we'll be hitting it really hard yeah that's sick that's sick i i think everybody's in that sort of uncertain position with this covid times and things which is uh it's been a proper bummer um and you don't really know i've seen like recently they've just extend or they're about to extend furlough until like june which isn't a good sign um because i thought it was only till march beforehand right. so uh, we'll, we'll just see what happens with the covid thing but it's a proper bummer when it gets into and in, like in the way of growth and things especially like for yourself bro like honestly like you know um i mean i i let you know if i want this in a podcast i'll just tell you like, realistically like i've got my profit and loss sheet um, and like I said, yeah, numbers are great. I was just a bit upset because we've always been boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And to see what I saw, I was just guided because I was like, so there's been no growth. That yeah. was it. The numbers, I don't care. 100,000, 19,000, 10, I don't care what the numbers say. I want to see, have we grown? Yeah. I was, just, I was like, wow, we, we couldn't grow. And for about two days, like, even the team, like, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I'm just a bit annoyed. And, they're like, why? So look, it's not about numbers. It, it's not about numbers. It's the growth, you know. Um, but like I said, I've got an amazing team. Bro, honestly, if you met the team, like, they're great. They're all Celine, Jordan, Loretta, Drillin, Sophie, Ash, uh, Harry, um, um, Amit. They're all very great people. They're lovely, lovely, lovely people. And... Um, it's an embodiment of what primal is when you see them, how, how like selfless they are, you know? And like, after having that conversation, like what I saw, like the team have just realized that, you know, we're in this together. Like Curran did so much for us then to kind of, like even Jordan said, like, he goes, Curran, it's weird for me because 
when drilling started, Prime was here. And he goes, now, like, you've taken it here. And even though drilling started here, now drilling's here with me. He goes, I'm starting here. Mm-hmm. And he goes, for the next person, when we're here, they're going to start here, you know. And I think when the team heard that, they really just ignited fires in them. And they've really done really well. They're really helping me, like, grow and develop this. Because, like I said, Primal is, it's, um, it's, for, it's for all of us, bro. Like, honestly, like, with my DMs, I don't know, have you seen it when I post my DMs? Oh, uh, yeah, I, th- I think I've seen a couple, yeah. Bro, like, I'm, I'm so blessed. And hand on heart, I respond to 90% of them. Like, sometimes you don't know, Instagram, it doesn't load them. It doesn't load yeah. it. So, and then I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I remember one guy, bro, I didn't respond to him for like 87 weeks. And I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry to this. Anyway, he came in, had a session with really good mates now. But like, <laughs> I, it, it's tough, especially when you're running primal personal life marriage this and you know team and then missus wants to go here mom wants you to do this and dad wants to do this and this and it's it's tough man like mentally bro it's it's i've had days where i'm like i can't do this anymore man like it's it's tough it's really tough but growth is the main thing growth yeah it's all about the growth bro it's all about growth yeah it well from from a couple of years ago i've seen like that you've like I've seen the short journey within them couple of years and it seems like it is growing even like more and more. Yeah, sorry. So what did you see? Like, where did you, do you know what? Let me, this is my podcast for you. <laughs> what, what, what did you see? Like, what did you see? What did you think of me? And, and like, and like, yeah, like, why did you follow me? That's what I want to know. So, <laughs> perfect time, but I don't have to answer anything. <laughs> um, no, so a few years ago, like, as I said, I was in, I was proper in banging the gym out and stuff. Like, I was doing the deadlift squat bench and very uh, sort of just, like, blocky movements and all those things. Um, got my bench up to, like, 200 kg. Was was putting on, like, a good amount of mass, like, squatting 160, benching, like, one. Humble one bragging, yeah, humble bragging. Just, just had to put them in there, just, you know, see, just to put it into perspective. Hey, but then... You know, like, like 200 you know, you know 180 on the, on the squat 220 on the tip nothing, nothing heavy but you know i just drop in there okay, okay. just no i'm just saying for context you know the people want yeah, to know yeah, these yeah, yeah. <laughs> context is great i love it give me some exactly <laughs> if i could be a bit uh narcissist well give me contest contest well. um, but no and then so i was like getting into good shape i was really chubby growing up like so i was 16 stone when i was 15 at like five foot five same yeah. we're the same we're yeah. the same really same. big so then i i get up to like six foot two within like a year or two and then start going to the gym and start like building up muscle mass and yes. then everything's going well i'm starting to look good and then boom medical sort of problems come in had to have a couple of operations not in the gym for around a year and a half so during them health complications i basically started getting into my passion of the gym but what i would do going back so i just started researching so much more i came across uh alpha lean x as i mentioned before a lot of watch a lot of his videos of not just like the training aspect but more the sort of um rehab aspect and then as i'm as i'm on instagram watching that sort of content religiously now i see this guy with a turban yeah i'm thinking whoa (laughs) there's this guy and he's doing all these stretches and I start doing these stretches and they start working out. And I just yeah. started following you from that, from that. Wow. wow. From that so, so <laughs> but yeah, bro, like it's, it's, you know, I've, 
I wanted to show the younger community that look, even though you know us things, you know we're we're from, we know we're different, but we can do it. We, 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 you know, it's not that we cannot do it. We just got to apply ourselves and want to do it. And like I said, like for me, like I've never had no issue about my body or my hair. I've never had that issue in my, my life ever. Mm-hmm. So that never stopped me. Like I know a lot of things that you always get bullied, this and this. For me, I never had that, you know. Um, that's why I just, I said, just get out there and do it. Like if I get to any young kids just that want to start a business or anything, like if you need help, like, I'm not the best, but I'm not like I haven't got like multi-million organizations and this and this, but I mean I'm more than happy to offer some help. But just do it, get out there because you never know, like what like this. Like, you know, I'm um I, I would have never thought when I started, I've got the keys to the gym, I'm sitting in my clinics, you know, doing a podcast with you. Do you, yeah. I, I, you don't know where it goes and even with you with your podcast bro you don't know where this can go you exactly. don't know that you know you start chopping and changing and hit youtube really well you can eventually just just smash it where like say you've got your own studio people are coming down they're meeting they're talking to you you know and then you know you'll team up with someone and you're talking about like mental health issues or like you know about this or you know like stigmas and blah 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 like oh you it's you never know where it can go you know just get out there and apply yourself that's the, the best thing yeah, that's it. Hundred percent. The first podcast I did was with Gundeep Anand. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who he is. Uh, he does a, a photography, videography, but really sound guy. And I had nothing set up then. There was like no social media page. There was nothing. Yeah, I was just contacting people off my personal account because I had this idea. And then it just takes that one. He literally just goes, "Yeah, I'll do it," because then it'll be easier for you to get other people on afterwards. But and the gratitude I've got for him for doing that is unreal. And 100% is what he said is the first one was out of the way. And then I could show people this is what the podcast is. And then other people come on. I mean, this, I think, is going to be like um, maybe 18 or 19 or something. And it's it only started in September. You know what I mean? So one a week for that that amount of time, which is, is super dope. And this is on my eight-year-old laptop that I had through sixth form through and i'm still rinsing right now yeah it's it's one of the oldest macs that still has one of them cd drives in yeah that's how i'm I'm not even kidding i i I got one of them because i used to burn cds for a call all the time yeah yeah me well now like and it wasn't nothing fancy on the few ones i've got a mic now which makes a bit of difference but the first couple you just it was just starting and see where it goes bro look you start in september you said yeah yeah, yeah. Bro, before, before this podcast, me and you were talking, you said you want to open up your own studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually. Four or five months. Yeah. You know, and then that means for you to get to that stage, you're at that stage. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's amazing. Like going back to Jason Cavanagh, my client, the one that said to me that take the money, you know, and make your thing public. If he didn't tell me that, it would probably, I don't know what would happen. Yeah. And it's just uh, that first one. Like, even, like I've, I've got my book, um, Not With Me At Home. Um, my first client and he is the first one I've ever had and I still speak to him today bro that's the like, sickest part bro like, like I, I still speak to my clients even before him when I was treating the mechanics garage because like you said that gratitude where, where these people maybe it's more of a sentimental thing for us I don't know you know mm-hmm. it might be but they enabled it yeah to go where it's going and and yeah man trust me like it's just get out there and do it, bro. Like, it's it's tough. Like, you've got to have thick skin. Um, but just 
anything's achievable. It's, it's limitations we put on ourselves. Yeah, 100%. You know, me as a sports therapist and, you know, person with a physio degree, bro, they're going to outsmoke me in so many things. It, you know, in, in, there's a lot, bro, right? Mm-hmm. But if I would have taken what people told me when I started out, Karen, there's no point, you know, you, your qualification is not as high as this person, this, this. I'm like, do you know what? Fuck you, bro. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do it to prove to myself I can do it. Coming to the end of the podcast now, I ask the same five questions to every guest. So we'll rattle through these quite quickly. The first one is, what are you most proud of? Oh, shit. I don't have to answer that. <laughs> Every, everyone says this because uh, they're quite deep questions. Just whatever springs what to am, mind. What am I most proud of? I'm most proud of being able to embody my grandfather, both my grandfather's uh, history, culture and respect and what they've taught in me to go forth and show their morals in life. That's sick. Number two is what are you most looking forward to? Being a father. Number three is what is your biggest motivation? Spend time with my children and make sure that my daughters know how they should be treated um, and looked after because I think a lot with social media uh, can really play with kids' minds. So yeah, being a father and being able to show kids, pass, pass on my knowledge to a new generation. Number four is what is your definition of success? What people say about you when you die and as, as long as it's all positive. And last but not least, because it's the CultureCast podcast, how do you think your culture has affected you thus far? amazingly it's allowed me to stay on the my, my as in my Sikh culture your culture so that is your uh Sikh culture your Punjabi Iranian Turkish all of it your culture it's allowed me to become a unserious candidate <laughs> it's, it's it's given me a, a grounding point and understanding that you know um just don't be a dick you know just look after everyone um, everyone's the same, you know, like, how has my culture affected me? Well, my culture affected me to allow me to become the man I am today, you know, to look after a team of five and hopefully a Greek, a team of 500, you know, you never know where it can be. The man I am today is because of my culture, the morals and ethics um, learned throughout having all the Iranian, the Gujarati, the Punjabi sides and everything. I hope that answers that question. I mean, that's a really hard question to ask. Yeah, how does your that's the last question. How does, everybody, how does your culture define you then? Like, what was your question again? Sorry. How how does your how has your culture affected you this far? How is your? I'm gonna ask you. How has your culture affected you this far? For me, it's it's similar. So like, my culture has affected me this far because it's that adaptability, being around yes. okay. the Indian kids, being around the um, white kids at school being yeah. in a Punjabi household but also yeah. being at learning business in the shop from an early age learning like property side of things learning how to speak to so many different people and adapting to every person um yeah. in every single conversation that okay. that's how that's how it's uh, like affected me so far okay because so it's going to affect me more but the thing is yeah. I, I see culture very different to maybe what the actual definition is for me, culture is a very individual thing. I know the definition, 
is is like a, a mass amount of people doing the same thing it's culture but for me it's an individual thing of what like influences what um background do you come from whether that be your friends your family any interactions you've had which shaped you going forward that's how i see culture Cool. North Weezy, Northwest London, mate. That's the culture, bro. Yeah. That's the, that's the culture. You, you know, you can't be from London and be narrow-minded. It's impossible. You mm-hmm. know, you got Chinese Tyrone down the block, and you got like, you know, you got Fat Muhammad down there, both saying Wagwan. You know, blah blah. Listen, we're on the same streets, on the same everything. It's the same. Okay, I understand. I understand. Yeah, man. Okay, I understand. I get it. I get it. Yeah, you're right, bro. I mean, okay, your answer is my answer as well. Yeah. No, your answer was good. Your answer was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> 